What if you could pinpoint these key concepts that you could teach your child, that you could layer into the conversations as you're getting ready in the morning, as you're driving to school, driving to sports? What kind of impact could that have on the life of your child long-term? When instead of listening to everything everyone has to say around them, they knew what God's Word said of who God is, how would that change things? Welcome to our Snapshot series, where we are going to be taking these core ideas of who God is, different attributes of God, and we're going to be learning them in a way that we can speak them into the lives of our children, both now and every day moving forward for the rest of our lives. Our God is a living God. Now you may say, duh, Bethany. I know that one. I've got that one, I think. But I want to talk for a little bit of time today about why this one is actually really important in our conversations with our children, especially as our kids get older. So we want them to understand that God is living, right? That he is as alive today as he was when he walked when in the garden, when he was with Noah, when he was with Moses, like they hear all these stories. This is, these are not fairy tales. These are true stories of a living God who walked with his people and he walks with us today in the same way. And we know all through scripture that he says, I am a living God. In fact, his very name, I am, signifies the livingness about him. But in Psalm 18, verse 46, the psalmist says this. It says, the Lord lives and blessed be the rock and let the God of my salvation be exalted. The psalmist is worshiping because God lives, because he knows that the very presence of God is always because God is alive. And we know that Peter is asked by Jesus, Jesus says to Peter, who, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter goes, well, I say that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so this declaration is, is Peter saying, I, I know you are the living God in man form. And then later on in Corinthians, we see that Paul says that we, we are the letter from Christ written not with ink. No, we have been written with the spirit of the living God, right? And what Paul's saying there in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3, he's saying that the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is riding on us and changing us and making us new because of Jesus Christ. We have become this letter. We are called the church of the living God in 1 Timothy 3.15. Over and over, we see that we follow and we serve and we can trust a living God, an active God. Well, why do we need to have this conversation with our kids? Like, don't my kids know this? Well, I want to read in Jeremiah. because, And I want to read Jeremiah 10. And we're going to talk about it. This is a passage that I love to talk about with my kids because I think it's kind of funny. There are passages where what God says is very firm 
but it paints a picture that's a little bit funny. And this is one of those passages. And in it, God is speaking. And he says, hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord. This is just Jeremiah 10. And if you read this with your kids, there's just some phrasing in here that can, especially if your children are little, let them hear this and let them giggle about it. Have them draw pictures of it, of what they imagine God is trying to paint and what he's trying to make things look like. And and then have conversations about it. So he says here, He says to the house of Israel, he says, do not know the way of the nations. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an ax by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. So what God is describing here is what? It's the making of idols. And so I've done this with some of my kids over the years of where we've like pretended like we're, what would that be like to make something? And then we talk about, would you ever believe that this thing, usually I've done it with Play-Doh, would you ever believe that this thing is a God worthy to be worshipped? And of course, our little children will be like, no, I made this with my hands. But let's keep reading. So then it says in verse 5, it says, their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field, and they cannot speak. And they have to be carried, for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither is it in them to do good. So again, we we take this and we say, what do you think a scarecrow looks like in a cucumber field? What are the pants? So this is what the conversations I will have with, with my little ones. You know, what do the pants look like? What? Is, how silly is this scarecrow? Do you think, you know, why would anybody worship a scarecrow in a cucumber field? And of course, our children, see what God is doing here is he's painting an absurdity. He's saying, why would you do this? He literally is almost in some tone of voice saying, how crazy is this? And our children can recognize that even when they're little, right? But as they grow, this concept of a scarecrow in a cucumber field can be drawn out for them. Because oftentimes we do worship scarecrows in cucumber fields. See, many times, many of my children from, you know, 8, 10, 12 and up have worshipped this scarecrow in the cucumber field of a video game. Man, they want to beat that video game. They want to be the top in that video game. They want to have bragging rights with their friends. They want to do this or do that well, or they love talking about that. And what they have done is they've given their heart to that. Their attention thinks about that first in the day. Anything that supersedes our attention and our love and our affection for God is a scarecrow in a cucumber field. Why would we worship that? And yet we get tricked and we carry it around because it cannot walk, right? And it cannot speak, but we worship it. And many of my children have been caught worshiping the scarecrow in the cucumber field of likes and popularity, they mean they want certain groups of people in their school to like them, or they want to be liked on this social media app, or they want this to happen to them, or they want these people to think they're pretty or handsome, or and they will change the way they live to skew towards that viewpoint. And it's a scarecrow in a cucumber field. The reality is for us, 
as moms, we struggle with this. Our scarecrow in a cucumber field may be this idolatry concept we have of what a perfect mom is. It, it may be the idol of our kids turning out well or being highly successful or our scarecrow in a cucumber field may be our child's sport and how good they are at it. And man, we are going to lay everything on that. And the rest of our life, it, we are giving our heart towards it. We want to be careful that we understand we serve a living God. And he is not fooled by who we're worshiping, but he warns us in this passage in Jeremiah not to worship them. And instead he says, if we go down, he goes down in verse 10. Well, verse 8, God is talking more. Again, talk about this with your kids because like in our family, we couldn't use the word stupid. It's a bad word. But God uses it in verse 8. He says, they are both stupid and foolish. The instruction of idols is but wood. But down in verse 10, he says, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. We have a hope in our life because we have a living God and he is alive. And in every moment, in every season of our life, because he is living, he is good and kind and merciful and gracious and holy and just and almighty and sovereign because he is alive. And so being living gives us great, great hope. Paul repeats this. He invites the people when he is giving a lecture, he says, Men, I'm calling you, worship the living, turn to the living God. In Acts 14, we want to come to a living God because it is a living God that gives us peace and hope and comfort. Oftentimes, when we are worshiping a scarecrow in a cucumber field is when we feel empty and discouraged and despairing and alone and having these conversations of, hey, have you forgotten? Your God is a living God. That's exciting. He is the only one who will interact with your life and change it in monumental and massive ways. Not just your salvation, but every single day. Giving you peace that guards your heart. Giving you grace and mercy in your desperate times of need. Listening to your prayers. Our God is a living God. And that, that is good news. Thanks for joining me today on Snapshots of Who God Is. Make sure you get on the newsletter so that you get not just today's truth, but the truths for this entire week. We send them out on a weekly basis so that you have them, where you can keep them in front of you, keep them in your Bible, where you can learn them both for yourself and for your child.